0: Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack.
1: You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now...
0: It's uh, unfortunate that I am in Little Rock by myself. Um, Noah and I had planned some excursions uh, out to <laughs> the local sports card shop. Um, we were going to celebrate the two-year anniversary, Noah, of the podcast, uh, which we started here in Little Rock, and yet there you are on your couch in in New York, um, resting a bum ankle. Um, we have a podcast? Yeah, I've actually, the last two years, I've been recording every conversation we have. It's weird, isn't I'm it? Just,
1: I've just been venting about shit, the way this is, like, live.
0: Yeah, people uh, <laughs> People actually, well, there's at least three people that listen.
1: That's exciting, one of them's my grandmother. Um, yeah, no, definitely disappointing. Um, you know, I think we all, it's not a secret, I'm kind of in this limbo stage, a little bit of, of you know, uncertainty and I think that comes you know when talking about my ankle I think I rushed it I think I kind of put myself in a spot where I was like here I am I'm ready enough I want to play I don't want to miss out of opportunities where I had the same injury and it took me six months to recover from it and this was three and a half so actually three so you know just like that is you kind of put yourself in that position where probably not fully mentally ready and it is what it is. So as much as I would love to be sitting on your lap. hmm That's it.
0: <laughs> as much as I, <laughs> You didn't have a follow up, did you? Yeah, you I didn't
1: really. Yeah. As much as I would have uh, loved to be there with them and um, you know in person with our next guest as well, it's it's just the best play for me. It's it's really difficult. I just I, I can't fly on hardcore for sure, and if I can't do that, can I really play tennis? I don't even know. I mean, I,
0: I don't know if you really can even whether you could slide. So That's exciting news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I genuinely, I, I was really excited about this because of the fact that it was two-year anniversary of our podcast here in Little Rock is where we started because we had three, rained, uh, three rain-out days here in <laughs> Little Rock two years ago, so we had nothing else to do except sit with each other because we were across the hallway, if memory serves, here at the I'm not even going to say the name of the hotel because uh, there were toenail clippings when I checked in. Uh, just laying on the floor uh, of my room, which is again just terrifying. Um, but you know, I, I miss you. Uh, I actually, I genuinely do miss you. I'm sad to not get to watch you play. I really am sad. Um, I'm. You're going to be in Tulsa in a couple weeks. Um, yeah. Just just training a little bit and just hanging out. Um, so we'll do something fun then, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, you put us together and absolutely nothing exciting happened.
0: It's just, it's electric. My child is so excited to see you. Uh, She is so, so excited. Although I have to tell you, um, we got some tadpoles recently. We went down to the tennis court, our tennis court that was flooded again, and I I was able to get some tadpoles. Um, She named one after her favorite tennis player. Jamie. Jamie (laughs) Loeb. (laughs) <laughs> um, so one of our you five tadpoles is <laughs> named Jamie. Did you just you're call making, my child a piece of shit? What did you just do? Who did you just call a piece of shit?
1: Don't stutter here. Also, um, you're making mistakes. Why all of these strange reptiles in your life?
0: <laughs> uh, listen, we, we my daughter now wants to be a veterinarian, much like your, your lovely girlfriend uh, yeah. is going to be. She so. would
1: tell you it that's a mistake <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm going to encourage it as much as I can but the point being I miss you it would be nice to have you here and hopefully we get you uh, returning to the tour very soon um,
1: me, me like no no me like the rest of uh, the Twitter sphere. I think we're excited to Hear that golden voice again.
0: Yeah. And and let me just say this. We you know, obviously, Little Rock here um and then Orlando the next week. It's up against the French Open. Um and I realize not everybody's it's not going to be number one priority, but please know if you are bored by tennis channel coverage, you can hop over to the tennis channel podcast network host Mike Cation. Because we will be with you in Little Rock and Orlando all day, all night um, for the next couple of weeks. And, and frankly, I, I love it. I'm excited about it. And um, yeah, I, I miss you. Our guest this week is going to be Jason Jung. A guy who has just been in the top 150 for the, like the last five years, originally from Torrance, California, now playing for Taiwan uh, under the Taiwanese flag. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, both of you guys are about the the same stature, pretty pretty close to about six footish for both of you, right? In, in um, that range,
1: nine inches
0: away from six feet. Which nine inches?
1: and our next guest
0: so here's our conversation (laughs) with jason jung so um this is a difficult difficult week for both both myself myself and our guest this week jason Jason jung Jung. Um, it's very very rare that we have a challenger at the same time as the first first week of a grand slam jason um, you, know, um, it's, you know, I I would love I, I would to be at the slams, slams myself. myself. How, How are you dealing, dealing with it, with preparing this for this week here in Little Rock, in Rock seeing, seeing some of these, some of these guys, guys that you kind of come up, come with, up with, with and are, are in the first round, first round of challengers track. as well. Now well, they're, well. they're in the first round of the French.
2: I it's probably, I, one, probably of one of the most difficult most things, things when you play when qualifying and you lose in qualifying, and then you leave and you watch all the first round matches. Like I try not to look at results after I lose. It's just. You you like to see guys that you grew up with do well, but at the same time, it's it's kind of tough because you, you want to be there too.
0: Are you are you? But are you like mentally? Are you locked in for this week? How how do you? Where's where's your mindset?
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm pretty locked in right now. I it's been a tough year to be honest. I came back from a hip injury. I started end of February, so I it was a bit of a late start and. The physical part hasn't always hasn't been there yet, and and I honestly haven't won that much, so it's it's tough. But the the physical part is getting there, and with that, the the game will follow. So hope I mean, hopefully, the game will follow.
1: I think, and actually, going back to kind of what Mike was talking about, Stanford Foster was the first person that told me this, and this was kind of after my first Australian Open. He's like the test for you will be going back to challengers. You know, how does that feel going back to a challenger? So that was kind of the test. And I think for us, talking about motivation right after COVID is that type of, of discussion. Um, you know, even though you look like you're the same age as me, you are a little <laughs> bit older.
2: <laughs> well well the It's the
1: it. it's a, it's a beard, you know, that's yeah. kind of... Yeah. Can you grow one, by the way? I, that, I actually I, tried, I tried, tried to grow a, go a stash, stash, stash the
2: last three weeks, and it just did. It just, it just did, not did not look good. Look good. It's, it's just, just, like just like long, long strands, strands of hair, hair. Yeah, and I just I, I gave I up, gave on, up it. on it.
1: <laughs> that actually might be the turning point for you. I had, it's just just a thought, but yeah, where so for you right now, you know, after you know a tough kind of beginning of the season, where does your mind go to get you in game mode?
2: That's that's a great question. For for this week. So I've been working with a new I guess trainer, physio. I mean, I have a physio from from LA. But this new guy the last 3 4 weeks has been great. It's it's something fresh and something new and and we're working on n- not necessarily different stuff, but it's just new and um f- for the mindset it's it's hard. I mean, I, I think you you can you can relate to to how we are playing in this COVID situation, but right now I'm in a in a better place because I'm physically better now. Like I'm trusting my my hip more. Like I, I wasn't trusting it as much. So like if I didn't get the treatment, I might not. Like physically on the court, I, I wouldn't trust it, and I I don't think I could go two hours or three hours.
0: It's it's interesting, Jason, because both you and Noah are are, are not exactly the biggest guys. You you, you both. Oh, I, I mean, I listen, absolutely it's absolutely fine. fine. No, <laughs> it's, you, I, just because you're five foot one, um, um. it's it's an awkward situation because you guys you you guys are you play long matches it can take a lot out of you. How have you developed your body from when you entered college uh, out of Torrance, California and went to Michigan? How has your body developed in in that regard to be able to last two and a half, three hours at this level and beyond?
2: A lot of work. Uh, Every year is different too. Guys come up with new things and new training programs and whatever they're taking. Uh, Guys are always improving. And and you do need to work that much harder every year. So year after year, it does get tough. I mean, luckily, I have like a core group, not group, but one or two guys like my coach and and some physios and trainers that help me and help develop a plan. It's, it's always a matter of whether I'm willing to carry through with it or like if I'm 100% into it. You know, sometimes we might be 75%... Or eighty, which is not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but the plan is always there. It's just whether mentally you're you're able to go through with it.
1: Uh, Mike usually disagrees with me, so but I doubt <laughs> this is going to be the case. Um, when I think Jason Jung, besides I aisle that greets me all the time, I think professionalism. That's like the number one thing that I think about. And we actually made a joke I think I made a joke a few months ago to Mike I was like I don't always see Jason face to face but he somehow is always 110 the world and I don't know where he is I don't know what he's doing but he's always 110 the world and I'm sure I'm sure you would like that under 120 to be 60 70 I get yeah, that yeah. but you know where has this consistency come from over your career I mean that is pretty incredible in and of itself and where has that come from
2: I think I've always had a strong work ethic. I've I've always done the work. I think the thing for me is is mentally I've I've not always been in there like I so like I I went to college and a lot of my friends are not in tennis. They're in jobs, they're in startup companies or uh doing their own thing. So like I've always thought about doing something other than tennis. So, my mind has always wandered not not a lot, but it it has wandered a little bit you know when you when you lose a couple matches or if you're not feeling that well, you might think about the next step and and then you don't commit mentally and spiritually all the way, and it just kind of uh leads you down a different path <laughs> um, but i've to answer your question, I, I, I'm not really sure. I'm not, I've am i always put in the work. Um, I guess I've been... I guess the hard work has paid off to be around that ranking, and sometimes I don't look at it that way because, you know, we set our goals every time we reach a certain point, we want to go higher. So, I, like, I don't really think about it that way where I'm consistently there. Like, I... I, I feel like I'm not there yet.
1: Can I return a serve and let's move on? <laughs> <laughs> like, we get it. I hit a flat serve, 125, and you go back in line of my feed, and then I lose the point. I go home.
2: You did have, you the, did last have the last win
1: on me, though. <laughs> oh, you were exhausted. At
0: the at the same time, Jason, I remember um, you and I had a conversation it was, uh, God, uh, not Stockton. What's the other one? Fairfield. I remember broadcasting a couple matches in your first couple years out of college, and I, I, I said on the broadcast a couple of times, you know, that you, you have this great work, work ethic and you were out there battling every single point, but you had lacked that, that next level weapon. And I remember having a conversation, uh, it was at the uh, club, one of the, f- the second year of Fairfield. And I remember you saying to me pointedly, well, I've got a weapon now. I remember you saying that yeah, to me yeah. because I think it's like it's something that stuck with you um, from something that I had said. And I guess that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is how how you did develop from being a guy who was very consistent. Your footwork has always been phenomenal. Your speed has always been there. But what has gotten you to that next level where you've been able to compete and be more offensive when you were so defensive and so good at that earlier in your career?
2: Yeah, I mean, talking about a weapon, I think sometimes we think about weapons as a serve or a forehand, and I don't think that's necessarily the case. Like... We talk about good footworks. I mean, Noah and I have great footwork and I mean that's what's won us matches and and I would say that's the weapon. And and to reach the next level I think it's it's just the mindset and trying to do it over and over again and and you know, obviously it's staying injury free as as we all know and and I think yeah. For, for for me, at least it's the footwork, but it's also the mindset of being clear on mm-hmm. the court because sometimes you know when you're tired you you make bad, bad decisions and you don't you know, play too much defense or you maybe you're a little tight, you know then it starts to go the other way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just being a, more clear about what you're doing.
1: I think we've asked this question a few times. We've had a few consistent questions that I think we've brought up because of the circumstances that we're in the past two years. I think it's making a lot of guys think differently, positively, negatively, all of the above. Um, you know, for somebody at your age, that I guess is you know really coming into quote unquote peak tennis playing age for a lot of people. What is success for you right now you know what is what does that next five to seven years look like you know is is that in tennis are they outs out you know what what is kind of that whole pathway look like
2: wow that's a loaded question
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm not just an idiot i'm just short
2: <laughs> yeah success success for me changes year to year mm we I, I do have goals like ranking specific goals every year and obviously the goal is always to reach that top 100 threshold and grand slams main draws and and all that stuff i think success i mean, I, I, it's a tough <laughs> tough question because we we think about success as trying to reach this level and you know i've been playing for a while now and success I try to remind myself of this, but it 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 is hard, you know, success is what is what we're doing right now, like the work we're putting in, the challenges and all that stuff and I think that's the success like the the friendships we meet that that we make and the connections and and what we bring to the sport. If, you know, I I think everyone brings something to the sport whether Green? it's whether it's good or bad. And I think that's the success on one part. And obviously we can see the success as, you know, a grand slam champion and and ranking and all that all that stuff. So, um Yeah, I, I don't know if I answered the question. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I I just I I think for you, especially I'm just I'm curious if I'm learning myself. Um, I don't. Yeah, Mike doesn't need to learn anything because his back end's awful. Um, but I think just understanding from players that have, you know, walked similar paths, everybody has a different one, but walked similar paths and, and what does that look like? Where does that enjoyment come from? And what does that five years look like where you're, you get out of the sport and you're like, you know what? I put everything into it. I feel really good about myself. Okay. I don't regret anything. You know, I just am always curious about what, you know, people's perspectives are on that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're right about, you know, everyone's got their own path, and yeah, I mean, the next five years, okay, so two months ago, I mean, less than that, like a month ago, I was in a pretty dark place, it's been a tough year since coming back to US Open and all that stuff until now, it's been very, very tough. more mentally and and emotionally like physically i was hurt but then just more emotionally and i was talking to my coach and uh, this was 3 weeks ago before i left for some warm up tournaments for french and he was like look like listen if you if you want to if you want to quit now i, I don't think that's a great idea because you're not quitting for the right reasons like if you're committed to this year, which you are, like, I, I've committed to play this year. And if you are committed, you need to give it everything you have. And that's what, so, like, two years ago, I put in a really hard offseason. So 2019, I worked really hard, the hardest I've ever worked. And I actually committed mentally as well. And, you know, I was, I was doing well and then covid hit. Mm-hmm. And that kind of just I mean, uh, it threw a, a lot of people off, but it really ah. hit me hard. And coming back to US Open, my first match I was up two sets and up 4-0. Mm. And I lost. And I think that really just th- that that was like a that was a killer for me. Yeah. So to answer your question, I mean I just have to put, like, success for me, and to, to feel like I, I had success is, is just putting all my chips on the table and, and putting everything down uh, more mentally, I think. Uh, I, I keep saying mentally because it, cause I, do, I do put in the work on and off the court. That's never been a question. It's, it's just more about my headspace. Mm.
1: Yeah, it was funny because I think pre-COVID, that's when you did, again, second, or maybe there was a middle year of at the New York Open, um, and I was feeling good pre-COVID as well. And I think that a lot of people that actually in our circle, coincidentally, kind of had 2020 as a very exciting year for them. They were prepared, and you know this is <laughs> no fault to anybody, but, but COVID striking, I think, put a damper on a lot of people and tested them and said, hey... If you're ready now, you better be ready in a year or a year and a half because that's how long we're gonna be. And I think that has kind of been um, a defining moment for a lot of people at this, you know, whether that's saying, hey, I'm not ready for this or this is not the time or, you know, we're just going to keep this going.
0: If, if I can to build off of that, Jason, for you, I mean, again, you've done this for eight, eight years full, uh, full-time, ten, seven, 10, ten full-time yeah. now? you got to spend more time with family and friends. Did that Did that part kind of just seem appealing to you? The fact that you've kind of missed out on some of these things over the last 10 years and God, now I, I've had a, a six months, whatever it was, to do it and my God, like this is how the other life lives?
2: I... Well, I actually spent more time with family, not friends. Okay. Trying not to see any of my yeah. friends. <laughs> right. It... You know, during that time, the first two, three months, you didn't really think too much of it. Yeah. Like, the tennis part, you weren't, at least for me, like, I wasn't worried about it. I wasn't thinking about it. And it was nice to spend time with family. Yeah. But towards, and well, actually, when, when they said U.S. Open was going to be back on, everyone got pretty excited. Yeah. I and mean, I got excited, and I started working really hard. It was more of the the training became a little bit different because you couldn't see everyone. My physio in LA, I couldn't really see. Um, the training was kind of on my own. Mm. So there were some injuries that started to come up and it just wasn't the same. Uh, so that, that was difficult.
0: So then what in the last few weeks do you think has, has changed and helped you get back to... At least a path um, in terms of getting back to that headspace that you expect from yourself.
2: I would just say my my coach talking some sense into me. I mean, it's <laughs> no one knows my coach Oliver. Yeah. I mean he he's got a strong personality and oh. and he <laughs> you know we we need we have uh, he he's my guy that you know if something is off or if i you know those snicker snickers commercial you know like it's like one of those things where i just needed a snicker
0: (laughs) well i i have obviously had too many snickers but that's a different story altogether it's okay i made the fat joke for you noah don't worry Um, thank you in in terms of success i don't think i've ever gotten to actually talk to you about this um the the change of nationality Mm. Um, but, ha, that was my next question, you I loser. You. Wow, you guys
2: are on the same page. That's awesome. Yeah, we're separated I, yeah. by
0: 35 years, and but we've got the same brain. It's very weird. Um, yeah. How much – what did that provide for you? And I, I guess the big picture question for me, Jason, is do you think you would have had the same level of success in terms of the rankings and all of that had you stayed uh, under the American flag? Those
2: things are very hard to say. <laughs> It's, if I were to answer that, I would say no, just because I, I wasn't really on the radar anymore. Like growing up in the juniors, I I was sort of on the radar, like before college, but during college, I didn't produce the results that were expected of, of my recruiting class or Mm -hmm. ranking. And I'm I think most people know the story that I I didn't play tennis. You know, when I graduated, I I took the job and everything, yeah. and so like I wasn't, no one was really looking for me or, or providing support. So that that was number one, but since since I've lived in L.A. for for most of my life, I would go out to Carson and train, and it just didn't feel. I mean, look, U.S. U.S.T.A. has helped me when I was a junior. But, but after that, not so much. Mm-hmm. So, like, I would go out there and pretty much hit with, with anyone or whoever they would give to me, juniors or WTA players or, you know, ATP players. A- anything that they wanted to do on their agenda, like, I was, I was their hitter. Yeah. And I didn't receive any wild cards to this day. The only wild card I've ever received is for the Newport-Rhode Island tournament. <laughs> Wow! (laughs) Yes, and that's from Todd Martin. Okay, so
0: Big Ten related, Northwestern and Michigan. There,
2: yeah. So that's no no wild card in the futures or anything. So so yeah, it's to answer your question today. I don't think I would have had the success. It's not like I received wild cards from Taiwan because they only have two challengers, and my ranking was high enough by then. But it was more of the. Financial support, because, you know, this sport is expensive. If you want to, you can't do it alone. That's, that's the bottom line. You need the coaches and the physios, the trainers, and traveling is expensive. So from a financial perspective, that's, that helped a lot.
0: Well, that's, that's kind of where I, where I was going, because, you know, I, I, I think, so many players in in your ranking level if you go from say 100 to maybe even down to 400 if they have that influx of cash and have that just kind of that little bit of stability it can provide so much and i'm just wondering if if you have felt that just that little bit of stability so that you you at least had that comfort and it allowed you to work with a little bit of freedom
2: yeah for sure it it helps a lot i mean you don't have to I'm a guy that doesn't like to, even when I was playing in the Futures, Mm -hmm. there were some guys who would would travel with, you know, $500 in their bank account, you know, waiting on the next, I got to get to the quarterfinals so I can pay for this next flight. So, like, I'm not that guy. Right. So, like, I I need the, I need to see some sort of financial support and then, you know, like, I can hire the people I need to hire. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. very business of you. That that helps. <laughs> All right. So Yeah,
1: Mike's, Mike's been supporting me and I just feed him alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just get him but <laughs> bloody berries. <Marys>. But enough
0: <laughs> about my Sunday night. Um, so your friendship with Evan King. Yep. I uh, you are two rather different individuals. Uh, you are rather deliberate, and and there's there's thought. He seems to be just going on his own free spirited trip through life, man. And I respect both of you immensely. I've known both of you immensely through Big Ten ties. Uh, walk us through that friendship um, and relationship as best you can over the years.
2: Yeah. So, not not many people know this. I don't know if my head coach during the time at Michigan even knew this, but. After Burke, my, who
0: was at Illinois as well. Yes.
2: After my sophomore year, I thought about leaving really? to go to UCLA. And I was really close to leaving. But we had just recruited Evan really hard and I I I recruited him heavy too, because I knew he was good and he seemed like a good guy. And this this <coughs> was before I was trying to make that decision. Mm. And then he said, I'm coming to Michigan. And I honestly felt I mean he wasn't the only reason, yeah. but I honestly felt really bad <laughs> if I left.
1: <laughs> it was just all guilt. So this
2: I I'm not sure if I've ever told Evan. I, I think I have told him this. <laughs> but that's that that's where it started. So, you know, I ended up staying. And so Evan is ahead in his year. Or he's young for his year. Yeah. He came in at seventeen, I think, and he was He trained at USTA, so he was on his own. Like He can handle himself on his own, but he just kind of did his own thing. He Mm -hmm. always did his own thing. He was dating a girl that was not in college yet. Uh, His first year, she was a senior in high school still, and so he stayed in. I I mean, we didn't really see him that much (laughs) other than the practice courts. Yeah. And... uh, we, we have an interesting – we had an interesting relationship in college because he was – I would say he was a bit of a diva because <laughs> – Was. <laughs> I don't he think is. he is now. Because <laughs> after that, Bruce kind of saw him as the number one, the, mm. the guy that was supposed to take over the program. And Bruce kind of gave him anything that he wanted, really. I mean, like, just gave him a lot of leeway in what he wanted to do. And Evan just kind of didn't care. Yeah, and he just showed up, and it's not like he was partying or doing bad things. He just sometimes he just didn't care. And in practice, we would play sets. Sometimes we play sets, and if I if I broke him, he'd kind of just quit. Mm. And it got to a point where I was just like, "Look, Evan, like we can't do this anymore. If you're gonna do that, yeah." And we have a funny story because w- the. The school paper was covering us, and he says I called him out of, on being like lazy or something, but I, I don't remember it to be honest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is being lazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't remember. Along what, those lines. What's it been like since you guys both? Uh, both of you guys have taken breaks. I mean, essentially after college, he, he was gone from the sport was the volunteer assistant in Michigan a little bit. And I'm wondering has has that break for you immediately after college for him a little bit later as well, has that, I guess, maturity that came along with it. Has it helped your relationship grown that relationship?
2: I think our relationship grew because we, you know, we played a lot together on the team and, and at one point we were the only, or one of the only two guys playing, uh, on the tour that yeah. we, that played at Michigan, so we, I mean, we we bonded over that, and um, I don't know. I mean, we, well, actually, when he first graduated, we played each other. I think one of his first met and Winetta, we played mm. each other, and he had a match point or something, and then I ended up winning, and he wanted to quit. <laughs> he legitimately, <laughs> he, end, he legitimately his wanted career. to quit. <laughs> And we play doubles that tournament yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean it. We, I think we've we've been closer in the last year as well. I mean he's he's really matured a lot. Although he doesn't have his driver's license, I am going to call him out right now. I, I don't know. Wait, still? I don't know. Yeah, still. Like I don't. I don't wait, wait, wait. He, he didn't have it in um, in Tasmania,
1: and that was like four. Y- he didn't get what is he
2: doing? Yeah, so so the man just turned twenty nine and and <laughs> he does not have his driver's license. Okay. He uh, doesn't
1: live in New York City. You know, he be- he's not what is
2: this? <laughs> no, but I, I would say he is more mature now and and yeah, as much as he does go with the flow, I do think he has the right intentions and he does have a thought process. Mm-hmm. He doesn't always do it for himself and I think that goes for for everybody. We I think Noah can can agree like if we're coaching someone, we can always tell someone the correct things to do. We may not always do it for ourselves sure. and I think Evan's been doing that. So like Evan actually helped me uh, in Orlando and Tallahassee coaching wise and He was great. Like he helped me out on the court and and he knew the right things and he would always say like, I'll tell you the right things, but I may not do it.
0: (laughs) Um, So when Noah tells me to stop eating all of the Twinkies, you know, that's, I don't listen either.
2: Is that really a thing though? No.
0: (laughs) There's others. (laughs) Well, uh, Jason, it's really been um, insightful to talk to you. I, I mean, we've God, we've known each other off, off and on with with my Illinois connection for
2: like yeah. thirteen years yeah. now, man. It's, it's probably older than Noah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
1: Man. I get it. I am short. I'm young, I... and I'm Jewish. I know. Hey, what does hey, Jewish
2: have to do with it? I didn't even <laughs> say short. I just said you were young. I would take that as a compliment. Being young. Not
0: denying that I'm Jewish. <laughs> Uh, but I, I really appreciate it. Uh, good luck these next couple of weeks here in Little Rock and Orlando. It's always fun to catch up with you. Cool, thank you. The show might be over,
1: but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33,
0: at MikeCtennis, and at BehindTheRacket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday, and don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you behind the racket.